Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Good afternoon. I hope you're all having a a good weekend. Uh, I wanted to sort of wrap up on some of the things that have been happening this week, as as well as giving you some insight into what is likely to happen in the forthcoming budget. This is where the government sets out its spending and budget plans for the year. Uh, Well, this week we we saw further proof and, uh, well, maybe not exactly proof, but further uh, indications that interest rates are going to rise very soon uh, and and this is because of of inflation inflation is is hitting the the western world's economy uh, like with a vengeance really we haven't seen inflation like this probably since the, the the 80s and 90s so this is this is a serious problem so interest rates are, are likely to go up by just under a quarter percent in the uk uh, probably in in the november uh, bank of england meeting so we know that's going to happen. That that will affect people who owe money and and on mortgages, uh, but it might help people who are, are saving money. Now, none of the other world economies have, have, have announced similar plans like this. So some feel that the UK is jumping the gun, but the UK has got to look after its own economy in a post-Brexit world where you know we've got to look after ourselves here. Where in in Europe, of course, if you're in the euro. Uh, and if you're a European Union country that is part of the Europe, the, the euro, they cannot raise their own interest rate. They, they haven't got control over interest rates and, and their currency. The, the UK were, had opted out of that. So we've always had control of that when it comes to uh, controlling things like inflation and or or trying to reinflate the economy with, with more stimulus packages. So Rishi Sunak will set out these plans uh, on, on Wednesday, the 27th of October, and and this is the second budget of of the year. He he did he did one in March, and the BBC have, have predicted six changes that could affect your pocket. Now, obviously, this only affects the UK, but it, it I mean the UK is the seventh largest economy in the world, and I think the problems we're having here are similar to problems in in other countries such as America. But he's already announced a seven billion pound spree on on things like northern transport links, leveling up as they call it and further childcare provision to help families with, with young children. I think this has been neglected over the last few years, certainly uh, since the, the, the Cameron government, when they, they had to cut back on spending after the Labour government left the country bankrupt. And, and childcare has, has been uh, neglected. I, I was at a, a meeting uh, where I heard the, uh, at, at the Hungarian embassy a couple of weeks ago, and I heard the young ambassador speaking, and he said that in Hungary, they value families. They're trying to encourage families. They're trying to encourage more mothers to stay at home and look after their children by giving tax incentives and tax breaks to, to families and actually giving more tax breaks for the more children that you have. They, they've they've realised that demographically, they, they need to repopulate the economy. The birth rates have been falling in the Western world in general uh, and this is causing a demographic problem. It's causing a pensions time bomb, in fact, because there, there will be more people retired 
than working. Well, not quite more people, but certainly a, a, a lower ratio of people uh, re- working to, to retirees. So that's that will cause a problem because there'll be less people paying tax to fund the pension of the people that have retired. And these are the state pensions, not company pensions. Uh, and and this is important because the government haven't saved any of this money that they've been collecting from you all these years. And even if they had saved the money that people paid in their tax and national insurance, it wouldn't amount, amount to a can of beans when it comes to paying out a pension you know, years ahead, which you're paying out more money in those times than you've collected when they started working. So if you calculate all the tax you paid all your life and, and then you retire on a pension and you live for 10 or 15 years, you probably spent that already. Uh, and, and in any case, your tax is also paid for your health care, for your children's education, for for the roads and the, you know, the, the security, the police, the hospitals. All these things have been spent on using... Uh, your your taxes. So to say, well, I've paid my taxes. Now I'm entitled to all of my money back with interest on my pension, is is a bit of a bit of nonsense, really. So this is this is now this will be further aggravated by the falling birth rate, and this is what Hungary is trying to to sort out themselves by 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 encouraging people to have more children. Of course, you saw in China they had the one child policy a few years ago. And and they taxed people more if they had more children. Hungary is, is kind of doing the opposite. Hungary are very much going their own way uh, compared to, to many European countries. And they've fallen foul of, of the EU, as have uh, Poland as well. Poland's in a massive row with the EU over their their, their constitution uh, and their dispute with the, their own laws and the laws of uh, the European Union. And Ursula von der Leyen has come out and said, you must stand up. You know, we can't change anything. You must obey the rules. Otherwise, we're going to withhold billions of, of, of euros that would, would have been given to Poland to, to spend on their infrastructure. I mean, this is like a direct threat uh, to, to Poland. And, and Poland, uh, I, I like the fact that Poland are at least standing up to the European Union as, as of Hungary in, in cases. I, I like their... Their, their fiery attitude and, and the attitude that they should be running their country the way they see fit, not the way bureaucrats in Brussels want them to, to run their affairs. Uh, but I won't go into that politics anymore. Um, so so Rishi's planning these big spending uh, sprees, but that's nothing compared to what Joe Biden is planning. He, he's planning to spend three and a half trillion on, I don't know, infrastructure. I know the infrastructure and the roads are probably crumbling a little bit, in America, uh, but this comes at a time when they've already printed more money than it's ever been printed in in history, and they that you know how are they going to pay that back? In fact, they're they're, they're increasing the budget in order to meet uh, interest payments on these treasury bills, the, these bonds, T bills as they're sometimes called. They're, they're basically bonds. In the UK, we used to call them gilts. It's a loan to the government of your money in return for an interest payment, and you get your money back in a year, 10 years or whatever, 30 years. Uh, and, you know, when the money's inf- been deflated so much, it's probably not worth the paper it's written on. But uh, th- these bonds are used by uh, big institutional investors because they do give guaranteed returns. And the US has never defaulted on these interest payments. I don't think the UK has either. So they're considered to be AAA rated, you know, five star uh, securities because that uh, they, they will never be defaulted on. Pension funds use these to provide the guarantees uh, that they have to, to meet for, for people's pensions. So it's quite an important area. It's, it's, it's probably bigger than the stock market, the bond market. 
So that's what's happening there. Uh, the, the US is unlikely to default on any bond payments, but they're, they're effectively printing money to pay the interest on the money that they already owe. So if you, if you or I had a credit card and we were just going out to borrow money from other credit cards and more loans to pay the interest on, on the loans that we already have, we'd eventually run out of money. And, uh, you know, we'd eventually go bankrupt or they would stop giving us any more money. Uh, the, the, the lenders would say, no, you already owe this and this and this. We, we can't give you any more money. And then that's when the house of cards st starts to fall in. Whether this will happen to governments or not, it might happen to smaller governments. It has happened in the past. Uh, but but whether it will happen to larger governments is, is another another story. Um, but um, there is also a possibility that Rishi Sunak is going to extend the, the loan support for, for businesses. This is what, what he uh, gave to businesses that were struggling during lockdowns. And, you know, I think they spent about 80 billion on that. And this is due to end in December. And they're planning, uh, there's rumours that this may be extended beyond December. Now, why is this? Well, maybe they feel that the economy is not recovering as fast as it should, um, as, as they thought it would, uh, and things might be slowing down again. And some businesses have never really come out of it. They've only just started opening up. Um, I was in town uh, recently and, and yeah, businesses are busy now. It was a busy uh, evening and people are on the trains and, and out partying and getting drunk and all that sort of stuff. But th those businesses have had, you know, months and months of non-trading. So, you know, I already told you this week that uh, one of the largest um, uh, retail landlords, Hammerson, are planning now to start getting tough on landlords because you know they've they they've dropped 50 billion basically on uh, uh, reduced rents agreements and write-offs and help and support for for their tenants but i think now they're saying enough is enough so is this a, i mean is this extension of loan scheme because they feel that uh the the economy is not growing very fast or inflation is back or is it because they're planning another lockdown because Sajid Javid has already uh, hinted this week that uh, you know unless we take our third jab unless you behave yourself unless you wear a mask unless you conform to what the Politburo says then we will have to take measures to lock you up this Christmas I mean he didn't quite say it like that of course but that's what they're, they're threatening in, in, and implying that you know, unless you tow the line, we are going to lock you up. And I think, you know, surveys are suggesting and there, there was a, a TV debate on this uh, on GB News with Nigel Farage. And people said, no, we're not going to put up another lockdown. A lot of my friends who are law abiding citizens said we are not going to put up with another lockdown. So I hope this can be a, a warning for, uh, for for the government that people have just had enough of it and businesses have had enough of it. So. Uh, as I said, this will be the second winter budget, uh, and and he's already sort of laid out his spending review. But here are six possible things, very quickly, to watch out for in the budget that could affect your 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 pocket. Really, a possibility of VAT on energy bills, um, and and this is a tax on your energy bill. You can't not have an energy bill, but th this is a tax. This is going to push up. Inflation, I don't think they, I'm not sure they take into account tax. They certainly don't in America. But this will push up people's cost of living, if you like. The cost of living will go up when they, if they increase tax on your energy bills, which are already rising. They've already gone up due to the, the rising cost of natural gas and, um, and the, the, the fuel prices. But uh, he could be considering a cut on the, on the, the value added tax. 
in order to help to cushion the blow of, of these rising costs. Uh, but that's going to cost money. Um, you know, so where is that going to come from? This 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 has to either come from further borrowing, which he doesn't want to do, or more or more tax. Alcohol tax is another uh, favourite of the government. Well, you know, when all else fails, let's just stick a bit of tax on the price of a bottle of uh, wine or beer or whatever. And you know, drinks taxes and levies have been in place since the 1600s. You remember those films of the pirates smuggling. Uh, rum and brandy into the, the the little coves in Cornwall, you know, to, to avoid taxes. I think the punishment was death if you did that, you know. But uh, they they raised twelve billion, and you know, people like a drink in this country, and you know, a, a tax a couple of pence here and there on on the that that sort of thing is is an easy tax. Nobody really complains about it, and people just have to put up with it. Uh, capital gains tax is a tax that is paid. Uh, basically on, uh, you know, when you buy and sell stuff like shares and property and you make a profit on that or you buy a business and you make a profit, you pay what's called capital gains tax. It's a profit on your gain for your hard work. So you take the risk with all your money. You risk uh, bankruptcy. You risk uh, a business failing. But then if you suddenly manage to come through all the red tape that the government put out for you, pay all their taxes, your corporation taxes, your income taxes, your tax on employees. If you pay all that and then you sell that business or you sell that property, the government then wants to tax you on that. They say, right, you've made a gain here. We want to tax you on it. I know it's outrageous, but this is what happens. <laughs> this is this is what happens. Uh, and I think these taxes also apply to cryptocurrency uh, transactions because they're not considered to be a, a currency in terms of the way they're taxed. And I don't think they're a currency anyway. But um, th- these these are the rumours that they, they could start tinkering with it because at the moment, uh, a capital gains tax is, is a bit less than uh, income tax in this country. So they could mean scrapping the current rates of 10 and 20 percent. It's a tiered rate, um, you know, or and, and in properties, 18 and 28 percent. Instead, making everyone pay income tax on, on their capital gains tax. Uh, I guess they feel that some people are, are getting away with paying a little bit less by by. And manipulating their tax, uh, uh, their taxes into, to pay more capital gains rather than income tax. But for a lot of people, it's going to affect them. People retiring, maybe selling their property, uh, people selling shares, uh, and so so this this is due, you know they've pointed out a, a report from the Tax Simplification Office that they recommend that CGT capital gains tax should be increased to bring them into line with income tax. I, I think any taxes is. You know, I mean, part of it is obviously necessary, but the way that the government throw the money around, I think it's very unfair and it's a disincentive to to businesses to increase capital gains tax. So that you're saying, where's the incentive to start a business when, you know, you're going to be taxed left, right and centre. You're going to have to jump through all these bureaucratic hoops and red tape. And then you're taxed on the profit if you if you manage to sell that business or property for a profit. They've already hit landlords uh, in, in previous budgets on uh, reduced tax benefits for, for, for property owners. So where is the incentive? And, you know, the government hasn't built enough properties to house people, so they need landlords. Um, so, you know, but on the other hand, they say it wouldn't raise a significant extra amount of tax, but I'm sure they need every penny they can get. Now, shares can be sold quickly. So if you want to avoid higher uh, rates of, of capital gains, you can 
ring up your broker and, and go online and sell your shares and crystallize the gain in that year and and then buy the shares back the next day if, if taxes go up. But you can't really do that with property. Property it could, can take weeks, months to sell. So if you've got a property and you're thinking about flogging it straight away, I mean, the, the budget is like next week or so. Um, I don't think you, you're going to make it somehow. Uh, it's this Wednesday. So, you know, there's, there's no way unless you can somehow complete a transaction in cash to, to avoid capital gains. And we don't even know if it's really going up. These are only uh, possibilities, possible things that might happen. There are also student loans in the other area. There are also reports that graduates may be asked to start paying back student loans earlier. Uh, and, and that could save the Treasury two billion a year. I mean, student loans uh, is another one I don't quite understand. You know, you give money to, to students on, on a loan, but how many of them really pay it back? Uh, you know, they, they have to, you know, earn, um, you know, uh, £27,000 a year, just under 27295 before they start paying uh, the loans back. Then they repay the same 9% until the loan is fully repaid 30 years after graduation. But if the threshold were reduced to 25,000, it would obviously hit more people quicker. And 25,000 is about the national average income. Uh, so it costs any more, anyone earning more than that, um, you know, would, would have to start paying back this loan. And if it was uh, slashed to 20,000, it, it could cost people another 650 pounds a year. Uh, so, so that could happen. Uh, ministers are even talking about as low as 23,000. I, I guess students wouldn't be happy about this, but, you know, with all this money they've spent in the last few years, 300 billion on, on lockdowns during the pandemic, somehow this money's got to be clawed back from, from all of us somehow. And, and the other thing with student loans is that, you know, if if you, you give student loans to European students and they go back home, how, how has that been repaid to the UK? How, how is that going to be taken back? You know, people have been able to come here and study on a loan effectively for free because they're given this loan. But if they don't stay in this country, then what? What happens then? You know, what if they emigrate to Australia or just go off somewhere? That, that, could, that inc could include British as well as people of European origin who go back home. Then what? I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't seen all the figures, but uh, it seems like a bit of a nonsense to me. Uh, minimum wage rise. Uh, the government announced that the national living wage, what the government called the minimum wage, uh, would increase for workers over 23. Since then, the government has, has become under pressure to help employees further, especially as younger workers have been some of the worst hit during the uh, domestic downturn. One solution has been reported that the, the, the Chancellor could be looking to increase the national living wage by 5.7%, 5.7% to £9.42 an hour from its current rate of £8.91. Uh, so, so this would bring it close to the Living Wage Foundation's current recommendation of 9 50 an hour. So how is that going to help? Well, it will help people on minimum wage, uh, but businesses will face a 5.7% increase in, in wages. Now, there's been reports this week of the, the care industry struggling to find staff and the care providers struggling to to pay people enough to, to retain staff who can then go off to work in Subway, as one example, and earn, I think it was £9.50, £10 an hour compared to what he could pay in a rural uh, nursing home, pay a carer, which was the minimum wage, £8.91. Now, you might say, why don't the care providers just pay them more? 
Well, their their rates are, are uh, that they charge are governed by the, the local authority, which is ultimately is governed by the government and how much money they give the local authority to pay for the care. So the, these care providers have long been squeezed on on margins. So there's not that much money to start splashing out and paying carers, you know, ten or eleven pound an hour because they're so valued. Valued. Well, if they were that valued, the tax rates would have to go up to pay for people in care. Now, if you're watching this in in Asia, you might say, well, "What's the problem? We look after our elderly there." Well, unfortunately, we don't here. So, uh, you know, millions of people go into care, uh, whether this be uh, in care homes and or or it could be domiciliary care provided by the local authority again uh, this is where people go to your home and, and provide say an hour care and then they come back in the evening uh, and so on so we've got another big uh, time bomb here the amount of people in care and the government have, have vowed to sort out this social care system at the moment if, you, if you've got a house or assets and, and you go into care uh, you either pay for that yourself or they take away your assets uh, so it's the government looking how how they're going to sort this out. There's a big uh, study into how they're going to sort this this problem out because it clearly is is not really working. And because of uh, the the immigration restrictions now set up on on European workers, uh, there is a lack of workers coming in from you know places like Poland, Romania, Bulgaria who used to provide workers for the care industry um, and. You know, one care provider said, well, if I bring in migrant workers, this is from Europe or Philippines or India, I've got to pay them £10 something, £10.91, I think. Uh, so that's unrealistic because he that's £2 an hour more than he can afford to pay that he's paying, you know, British-based workers. So something's got to give here. Uh, at the moment, a lot of people are leaving the care industry because they've just had enough of it. It's too stressful. Don't forget the government put a load of people in there under Matt Hancock's regime he put a load of people from hospital who were sick with covid and stuck them straight into care homes so 20,000 people died well, that also affected the care workers as well so they've had so much stress they've got so much work to do backbreaking work hard work and and yet they get paid the minimum wage unfortunately that is what the market wants to pay you know so if you want the market if you if you can be more used to the marketplace and say well i'm going to go do something else that will pay me more then you have to leave the care industry and that's what people are doing in their droves they're also losing staff who are uh unwilling to to be forced to take the the, the thing in their arm uh and and because that that law is coming in on 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 the 10th of november so anyone who hasn't had the thing in their arm is as has, has has been told their term their contracts is terminated and they will have to leave the industry uh, and they'll be lost then forever uh, so a lot of people say no I, it's my choice i have a choice it's my body i've got you know what happened to human rights you know so uh, that that's what's happening there um and so that that's a big problem for the care industry and and you know we got out of europe because of uh, uncontrolled immigration from europe uh, but now we're seeing some problems obviously we're seeing staff shortages in the the, the transport sector Obviously, the care sector, which has always had staff shortages. I, I was recruiting care workers from uh, the Philippines in 2001, 2000, and, and we had big shortages then. But since then, the government, successive governments, have made it further, more and more difficult to, to bring in migrant workers from outside Europe. And now that, that, that law then applies under the points-based system for European workers. So you're not going to be able to really go and recruit care workers from Poland and, and these countries Having said that, there should be a, a lot of people here because 5 million people have applied for some sort of residential status 
in the in the UK in the last few years. So uh, where, where are all those workers? Um, then the last thing here, six number six is pension higher rate allowance. This is one that has often been discussed in the past. This is the, the tax relief on, on pensions that is claimed back by people paying higher rates of tax, 40, 45%. Um, at the moment, if you put money into a pension scheme, as you should be encouraged to do, they give you back the tax that you would have paid on that that income, uh, which is fair enough. The government have, have tweaked and mucked around with this for, for 20 or 30 years to such an extent that people just don't understand the pensions regime or they don't, they don't trust it. They don't trust the returns that the fund managers are giving them. So what have they been doing? Going out and buying buy-to-let properties. Two million people have bought buy-to-let properties. Some of these landlords, most of them are only own one or two properties. Uh, so the government have seen that and said, oh, we'll better tax them as well. We, we're losing tax over here. We better get this tax back somehow. Uh, and, you know, so you, you can't really win whatever you try and do. The answer is you've really got to learn about finance. You've got to be financially educated. And that's the key to building wealth, keeping wealth is to never stop learning so that you you make changes, you become adaptable to whatever changes they're throwing at you. There's always a way around these things. And, and you've got to, to be educated to know this. Now, when I say educated, I don't mean going back and getting a degree in economics. I just mean, watch my, my channel, for instance, watch watch my YouTube channel, watch uh, my, my posts and, and and these things that keep you give you free information. And also take my, my courses. Look at my free on-demand training, which you can find a link to at the bottom here. Learn about how to master your money the smart way. And, and then keep yourself abreast of, of all that's going on. Uh, I go through lots of tips in my in my course, but one of the things you can do is, is just pick up the, the paper at the weekend. And I don't mean the local comic like The Sun or something, but just, just pick up one of these, they're called broadsheets, right? Broadsheet papers, um, like The Telegraph. Uh, the Times is no longer a broadsheet, but it was a broadsheet. It's considered to be like The Times, The Telegraph, at the weekend, the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times. If you just go into your library every day and scan it, you'll get a really good idea. Just scan the headlines of what's going on in 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 the financial world by keeping yourself abreast. But the main thing is to watch me. <laughs> I'll 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 try to cut this information down and and dissect it into what really matters to you, whether it's on on Facebook or YouTube or on my my free courses. And you can check out my free course my on-demand training below so thanks for listening and keep keep learning never stop learning that's my tip for the day thank you for listening to money tips for more tips and information visit moneytipsdaily.com the information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice as always take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions 